Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag college football. I don't know if we thought that exactly, but we knew he was really good. And we, we knew he had something and he had all the, the skill set, you know, the, the strength, the speed, the, the vision. But uh, you never, I don't, wouldn't, I won't say never, but we didn't know just how good he could be. And he's, he's proven to be, I think, probably better than everyone thought he was going to be, even though we knew he was going to be really good. He's, you know, was he going to be the record setting back of all time at Utah? I don't think that was going through our mind at that time. Kyle Whittingham talking about Zach Moss is on the verge of breaking the school rushing record 55 yards away heading into the Arizona State game. Great. Oregon starting tight end, Jacob Breland. Leading the Ducks in receiving out for the rest of the year. Leg injury suffered in the win over Colorado. Bad. (laughs) Injuries keep piling up. Washington Huskies linebacker M.J. Tafisi, who's from Alta High School, suffered a significant stinger after being strapped to a backboard and carted off during the Huskies' win over Arizona. Chris Peterson has said there's no timeline for his return. So Oregon and Washington getting ready to play. One team's lost a linebacker. One team's lost a tight end. Everybody's coming up shorthanded. It's October. It starts happening. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. J.K. Scott, the holder. The Packers have never led in this game. Scott down on one knee, arm extended. Here's the snap. Placement made. Kick is up. It is good. It is good. Mason Crosby to the south end zone for a Lambo leap. And he puts a dagger in the Lions. The Packers have won it. 23-22. Packers, it seemed like a struggle all night, PK. Fits and starts, settling for field goals, but they did win. Jamal Williams, the former Cougar, ran for 100 yards and caught a touchdown pass in the game. He had a big game. But the Packers, it was a win, but it wasn't very smooth. So what? (laughs) Just expect it to look better. Why? Because it's Aaron Rodgers. They played some pretty football over the years. They didn't make the playoffs last year. True story. And they're 5-1 now, so who cares? Keep winning ugly. I mean, the whole story is the Flowers guy hands to the face. Should those penalties at the end have been called? I thought the answer to both of them was no. I thought the Lions, if they're feeling like they got a job this morning, I get it. Well, see, your problem is you're misinformed or you're not educated about something. We'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that. (laughs) That's coming. The second one, it's on the player. If you call the first one. That's true. And then you don't call the second one. They kept saying hands to the face, and it looked like he had the hands over the jersey and inside the pads, but not on the face. Agreed. But they were the same thing. Yeah. So, right, they missed the exact same call in the exact same way two times. So we often hear, particularly with baseball umpires, be consistent. Yeah. If it's outside, make sure it's outside. If it's a strike, players will all the time. Players will adjust to the way the game is being called. So, you know, they're going to take a look at that, and there was a big rage, and Reggie Bush, Green Bay uh, got uh, handed it to them, and, and Detroit got job, blah, blah, blah. And that's that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. But on the second one, if you called the first one, and you do the exact same thing on the second one, you got to take a little bit of responsibility there. Don't do the exact same thing. I don't think either were a foul. I understand that. 
But if he does call the first one, you cannot be surprised if he calls the second one. What would you do if you're coaching the Carolina Panthers? I'd play Kyle Allen. I mean, there's yeah, no I would question. Too. I mean, what, why Why you ask? Because he's Cam Newton. He's a star, and people expect him to play, and he took him to the Super Bowl, but that wasn't exactly last year now. You're either misinformed or you're not educated We'll about get something. to that. Yeah. Kyle Allen there, 4-0. With him as the Panthers' starting quarterback, so it seems like they shouldn't make a change until he at least loses a game, and maybe not even then. I hope he. I wish he was 0 4. Why? Because he's another Phoenix kid who was oh. off. <laughs> Went to Texas A&M, started, got beat out by Jamal or uh, Kyler Murray. At some point, I'll call Kyler Kyler instead of Jamal, uh, and then goes to Houston, gets beat out there, and then ends up 4 0 in the NFL. Freaking crazy! It is crazy. But I don't yeah. think there's any decision to be made. Cam Newton's been rehabbing a foot injury. We would both stay with Kyle Allen. Well, who wouldn't? We'll find out. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. We just got to be able to come out there and just be physical. We kind of let them hit us in the mouth first. And, you know, we've had times like that last year where we've been hit in the mouth and come back, which is hard to do that, you know, every every time. But like, we'll, we'll, we'll be better at it, you know. Um, fortunately, this is preseason, but we're not in here approaching it like it is preseason. But, you know, we have things to clean up. But, you know, like I said, it's about our sense of urgency. It's about what we want to do. And I think we have, like I said, we have guys that want to do it. And you saw it in the second half. That's Donovan Mitchell talking about how the Jazz need to be better defensively. They need to play with more physicality. First half, playing the Sacramento Kings, they gave up 78 points. Second half, they gave up 50. 78's a little on the high side, PK, and I know it's a preseason game and there isn't as much intensity. (laughs) 78. It's an astronomical number. It's not a little on the high side. It's way outrageous. 37 in the first quarter, 41 in the second. I was there. It was incredible. My wife looked at me and says, she doesn't really follow the NBA that much. Is Sacramento supposed to be good? Said no. I mean, they're not. They're not a bad team by any stretch. But they're not supposed to be one of the better in the yeah. West. I mean, if I, they end up around 500 and ninth in the West, no one's going to be surprised. I like what they're doing. I mean, you got to start from somewhere, and they're not a contender. But you know, they've got players. Obviously, Fox Bagley. These kids can play the game. Got something to build around. Buddy the Elf. I mean, Buddy Healed. And I was really surprised that they scored that many points. And I know it's preseason. And it, the thing about it, you know, in locks on Twitter, it's just preseason, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. Because the great thing about professional sports is you end up exactly where you're supposed to be. 82 games gives <laughs> it a little time to shake yeah. out, doesn't it? So in the first 20 games, if they're playing great defense at all, well, it was just preseason. But if they're not, well, it wasn't just preseason. So I don't really care about making pronouncements because we will see for ourselves starting in eight days. We got a question up on Facebook, your reaction to those totals, 78 in the first half, 128 in the game. We will get to that coming up. You can hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Grab your phone, use the open, use the app, use the open mic, send us your takes. Hold the phones too. Jazz, wrap up the preseason. Last preseason game is tomorrow night against Portland, 7 o'clock. At home. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. We 
all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen when you're not thinking about others and only you're only thinking about yourself. So I don't believe I don't want to get into a word or sentence uh, feud with Daryl with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on on, on the situation at hand, and um, and he spoke and. So many people uh, could have been harmed, um, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. So just be careful what we tweet and we say and what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be uh, a lot of negative that comes with that, too. That's LeBron James talking about Daryl Morey's tweets that started every, <laughs> everything that happened in China with the NBA. James then went back to social media to clear up the confusion, saying, I do not believe there's any consideration for the consequences and ramifications of the tweet. I'm not discussing the substance. Others can talk about that. And then a second tweet that said, my team in this league just went through a difficult week. (laughs) Right? I think people need to understand what a tweet or statement can do to others, and I believe nobody stopped and considered what would happen. Could have waited a week to send it. So the priority wasn't the people of Hong Kong and human rights. The priority was the NBA's preseason games and the trip to China. I got to think Adam Silver sitting in his office saying, I wish he hadn't said that, LeBron. <laughs> well, there's a couple things here. I mean, the league desperately needs Kerr Popovich to go off on, Kerr, on Trump now. <laughs> Take the heat off LeBron. <laughs> I mean, Greg, come on, man. Go crazy. Do something to take it off of LeBron. And it, who would have thought Laura Ingram, of all people, just shut up and dribble? <laughs> now it's coming back to roost. I must have seen, just in the since I woke up this morning. A hundred I mean, thousand. I saw the... A hundred yeah. thousand. Ta- you yeah. saw the LeBron stuff last, last night. night. Right. But now social media's had time yeah. to rally and tell LeBron to shut up and dribble. Yeah, I know. It just... I don't see where this... Helps? It, Anything? I don't know. At all. The uh, NBA's preseason games abroad are the most important thing, and he and Daryl Morey wasn't educated. And now I'm fascinated by how African American journalists are going to handle this. Not expecting them to crack on LeBron. I want well, Jamal Hill or Jamel Hill and Jamal's. I have a problem with Jamal for some reason. Jamel Hill and, and what what do you got for us? Because. You're quick to speak, and I support your right, and you guys do great jobs. And I love reading you. I love hearing what you have to say. And so now I want to hear what they have to say. I mean, Granderson of the Los Angeles Times, is, he wrote something on the, what's today, the 15th? He wrote something on the 12th about uh, basically sticking up for this type of thinking before LeBron said what he said. So... Uh, I find this just extremely fascinating what your perspective is and their perspectives. I want I want to hear them. I want to read them. I want them to make me think like they normally do. And this is this is just a bad mark on on not, not just the NBA. I think it's a bad mark on all of us. Really, we're all Americans here. Bad mark on all of us that we're not sticking up for Hong Kong more. Just the, that, the the way people react individually to 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 things, and yeah, what's acceptable and what isn't. Because what 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 I see happens is when something happens that you don't like, you go crazy. Then you you attack 
others and that point of view. We see it in politics all the time, right? Well, then that side does something that kind of makes them look stupid. Well, then the other people who were attacked, they start attacking. Yes. So you just have this tennis match of attacks. Doesn't really solve anything. You just have attacks. Well, I do, so that's what I'm saying. All of us are involved. I do feel a little bit like that with the NBA in Hong Kong. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, you want people to say whatever you believe is the right thing, and you know, to your point, that's different for everybody. But I really don't know what impact the NBA is going to have on China and Hong Kong in the long run. I really. It's not don't about. Think it's not really. Much. But it's, it's not about them. It's about. So I'm saying it's about us. And how does this? further discourse where we just start attacking. You you always hear it in politics where they say, well, we got to put all partisanship aside. Well, normally that's when your party is in office and you want to put all politics aside. And get stuff done. Yeah. (laughs) And then later on, I don't know, those guys, they kind of dug their heels and did nothing. How about we dig our heels in and do nothing? So the only time you want partisan politics put aside is when you've got the power. And we need I, to come together as people. I agree. Well, the other side is, no, we need to change and change now. So, I mean, it's a, it's a big game. I don't particularly play it. I'm not, I'm not registered to either party or any of that stuff. But I, I, find it, I just find the whole thing fascinating to me and somewhat entertaining. What do you think, what do you think Adam Silver saying to LeBron behind the scenes? Nothing? I, I would you think just, just it let go it go, away. yeah. Just let it go away. Because that's the thing. If, if Popovich comes out and just really attacks Trump today, that'll be the story. So really what reflects... And I'm using that us, metaphorically. What Really what reflects on all of this is that none of us really have... It's a 24-hour news cycle. We just don't have any attention span. Yeah, so LeBron brings this up now. So now here we go again. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. And now the pitch to Kendrick. Swung out and belted to the gap in left center field. This one is down and one roll to the wall. Rounding second, Rendon heading for third. The ball not picked up by Ozuna. Rendon waved home, will score, standing easily without a play. As the ball just comes in from left center field. Howie Kendrick has done it again. Here's the 0-2. Swing it. Yes, they were roaring all night in Washington, PK. The national fans can barely believe their good fortune. Lost a star player in the offseason. If they were all down, I guess you can't blame them. But, man, Howie Kendrick. Three doubles, put three balls into the alleys there, and drove Uh, in three runs. Two things. He prefers Howard. And secondly, that's Mr. October. (laughs) Mr. October. I think he's earning that right now, the way he's going. He had the Grand Slam home run. Last series, three doubles, three ribbies. I know. Steven Strasburg went to the mound for seven innings and looked really good. 8-1. You know, the the problem with the Nationals, and I guess the Dodgers, the bullpen, the bullpen. Don't have to worry about the bullpen when you have an 8-1 lead. Gives them a little cushion, takes the pressure off. They're up 3-0 now. Well, that's, that's the essence of baseball. Starting pitching can carry you. And if you should have... A good bull, good, bull, good bullpen. You look at the Giants and their three titles that they won. Bullpens and Bumgarner. And there you go, if yeah. you had to summarize. And then you look at, go back, the Diamondbacks won their one. It was Johnson and Schiller. Carried them basically the whole way. I mean, they've got, in that series, and we're going back 18 years now, they got 
an inordinate percentage of the outs were recorded by two players, two star pitchers. And so here you've got, you know, they lose Harper, but they bring in Corbin, and he's a, he's a two-time All-Star, and he's your third starter. And, and, and then you get Sanchez to win a game. Well, that's like a bonus, man. Yeah. That's... Yeah, it, Your four starter comes out yeah. and he's just dealing the way yeah. Sanchez did. Right. He's dominant then, in week. Because you one. know, usually Strasburg and Scherzer are just going to be brilliant. So, obviously, they're up 3 nothing. so we're going to expect them to represent the National League in the World Series. And we're also going to expect them to represent well in the World Series. Uh, and they, Because if they close this thing out, and they play today, don't they? Yeah. Six yeah. o'clock. Yeah. And they close this thing out, they're just sitting there. Their, their guys are just relaxing as far as their pitching goes. So then they go into it as if it was opening day. They're a real threat to win this thing. <laughs> DJ and PK, there you go. That is what is trending. And it's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks, and Raider Analyst. He joins us, makes his weekly visit. He'll be here at 8.30. BYU getting ready to host the Boise State Broncos. What's going on at quarterback for the Broncos? They played three guys, had an injury. Dave Southern, Boise State writer for The Athletic, is going to join us at 9 o'clock. Talk with him about the Broncos. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz lose to the Kings, 128-115. to Donovan Mitchell, 22 points, playing a team high 29 minutes in the loss. What did you think of the Jazz defense and giving up 128 points? We will get to that in the next segment. The Jazz will wrap up the preseason against Portland tomorrow night at home at 7 o'clock. Major League Baseball today. The Nationals go for the series sweep, 6 o'clock on TBS. Meanwhile, it's Game 3 of the American League Championship Series. Yankees and Astros in Yankee Stadium, 2 o'clock. That game's on FS1. Lakers big man Anthony Davis is day-to-day after his MRI for a sprained thumb. Suffered in the Lakers preseason against the Brooklyn Nets in China. Came back clean. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. The savings are on at Ken Garf West Valley Jeep. Stop by during Jeep Adventure Days and take advantage of our select offers on select new models. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West Valley Jeep. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. When I think about Utah going out performing at a quality level, their focus now is really, really good. They never let their foot off the gas. They are playing with that New Year's Six conference championship type mentality that you want to see them have. Utah now, it's it's one thing to be that team that can play at a high level. It's another thing to do it with regularity, and I get the feeling that Utah is going to be that team. Tyler Huntley 11 for 11 in the first half. There you go, man. He is just playing the best football he's ever played and it's at the right time with the right coordinator in the right uh, scenarios for Utah to go out there and I think have a special run the rest of the way Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network Join Hans and Scotty Friday from noon to 3 as Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. 
Jazz giving up 78 points to Sacramento in the first half. We just heard from Donovan Mitchell in the last segment. Hey, yeah. it was better in the second half. They gave up 50. So it's the preseason. They got some things to work on and clean up. Numbers don't lie. I'm telling you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If they don't play better than that, all of us will be harmed. Not only financially, but physically, emotionally, and spiritually. possibly spiritually. As yes, well. yes. I see what you're doing there. Because for a lot of us, I the jazz are religious experience. Yeah, states, <laughs> yeah, I've said it more than once. State's second most popular religion, right there. What's the first? Can't remember right now. Yeah, can you help me? <laughs> Mormonism. Uh, oh wait, popular. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saint of whatever is. You're calling it? Come on, Yak. You're calling it popular? It is popular. Really? That's interesting. That's an interesting adjective that I don't know that I would use. Yeah. Let's break that down. Probably not. No, people get too nervous. (laughs) Let's break down the Jazz defense, which Sacramento certainly did. (laughs) Heyo. All right. It was not on TV, but you were there as an eyewitness. Uh, Yeah. And so the jazz management called me in, witness to the crime. <laughs> you had to give a statement. What did you see? You had to give a statement at halftime in the locker. I saw it. You guys were not helping the helper. Now up here you say, I seen it. <laughs> I seen it. You were not helping the helper. I done seen it. Uh, it was amazing at Sacramento. Uh, and Sacramento, I know it's a preseason game, but with each passing bucket, the Sacramento guys on the bench, they were jumping up and down, and they were fired up. And I think that's something that's a little bit of a, there's all sorts of lessons you can learn. I mean, every day you can learn something. And the fact is, the Jazz are respected league wide. And so for a team like Sacramento, which is trying to get where the Jazz are, you know, beating them means something. And I, and I get it's only preseason, but I'm talking about in the season. So, you know, a little bit of what we've spoken about with college football and how you get SC's best effort here, uh, these guys might uh, have to realize you're, you're going to be a little bit of a marked team now, especially for teams like Phoenix and Sacramento and you know, these teams that aren't expected to do very much, right? And so you have to be emotionally and ready to go, and they weren't. It's, and it's just preseason, so you cannot go make big assumptions, conclusions. But I also don't think you should just totally blow it off. I would be... If I had, oh, this is a, an absolute conclusion on my right and extreme left, I would have, this is a, a grain of salt. I would be more towards the grain of salt, but I don't think I would be all the way towards taking it with a grain of salt. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It actually does. Particularly if I'm Quinn Snyder and his staff. It is preseason. The guys aren't going to play with the same level of um, focus and intensity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the coaches aren't wearing ties because everybody (laughs) knows it's preseason. I thought thought Quinn had a tie on last night. Oh, he did last night because he didn't. So he's putting the tie on. It's a sign. Which I always think is stupid. Where did we come up with these guys having to wear these big fancy suits? Well, we've got baseball managers in uniform. I am of the Bob Knight, Rick Rick coaches and cut off A sweater's good enough. Yes. Wear something nice. Okay. Just right. Casual. Business casual. I don't, I don't understand. But we don't want Bob, Bob Huggins. Do we want the warm-up jacket thing? Uh, I could live with that. But no, I like the Bob Knight, Rick Majerus way. I always thought that was appropriate. Yeah. You know, 
I, I, but nevertheless, he did, I thought he did have, he did have a tie. Okay, on. he did have a tie. So then he's dialing it up because we're getting closer to the season. Oh, yeah. I mean, you the got intensity it. level has to raise. Quinn's got a Quinn's got a. There's no question, and, it's a, and you know, driving home with my wife, she said, "Man." A little bit nervous. I hope they get off to a good start. I don't want it to be like last year. I said, no, me either. <laughs> I know, right? You what, kind of start, what kind of start do you want through 20 games? Because 20 and 0 sounds good to me. This year, there's more at stake. Well, here's the deal, and I think the reason that you've got to take it with at least a partial grain of salt, if not a full grain of salt, because it is preseason, but... They played high-scoring games with the Kings, and you know it goes to tempo, and it goes to you know the Kings are young and athletic and trying to spread you out and break you down one on one or whatever. They gave up 117 points to the Kings in the opener last year and beat them. They gave up 119 points here and lost to them, and then they beat them in a 133-112 game. So I think you got to look at tempo, and then you got to look at the Kings are hard. Guard. Okay, do I have to say so, that about the Bucks? So, and do I have to say that in their losses I, they've given up 127 points? So, yes, I think that there are some conclusions you can draw, and I think those numbers get better when there's more intensity and focus. Yeah. But you got a smaller, less physically imposing team out there. It's not. It's more skilled. You went out and got the shooting that we all wanted them to get, but at the same time. You don't have favors when you don't have Gobert. You don't have times where you have them both together and you can take away some of those lanes that guys want to drive. I understand that, but so the, 78 points? It shouldn't be 78. That's See, when they gave up a bunch of points to Milwaukee, well, Gobert didn't play. Okay. Well, now they give up a bunch of points to Sacramento. Well, Sacramento's a run-and-gun team. It's nothing but one friggin' excuse after another. We're already back into it. Yeah, but it's preseason. Right. So that's one big excuse. That is, but don't give me little sub-excuses. Right. But that's why I went back to last year. You do have problems guarding Sacramento as a team. You, you did last year. Look at the totals. I mean, it's clear. They, they have problems when they play this team. You gave up 112, 117, and 119 points, and you had a really good defensive team last year. So okay, so now, but so fine. there are, there are going to be issues, right? And then you better play great D against all the other teams because I, I I for the life of me I just didn't realize that Sacramento was this offensive juggernaut, but now I know. Of all things, I had no idea Sacramento was an think, offensive juggernaut. I think but on now, top of that, now I'm informed. On top of that, we're going to have to get used to the thought that they aren't going to defend the way they did a year ago. I get that. And they're going to have to outscore people. I get that. So it's not a problem if you give up 110 as long as you score 150. I think it's a problem, but I don't know that they're going to score 150, but I get your message. 115. Oh, okay. Well, you score 150 if it's even less of a problem. It really is at that point. <laughs> really, if you can, you can pour in 150. You know? 1980s. And All I right. get that. And I, I, and I think that's the way to go. I support their conscious decision. There's two conscious decisions I support. When you decided that soccer was the way to go, you Good. made that conscious decision. I did. I don't know if Jake Scott's up yet. Probably or if he's not. listening. No, you and should save got, this. He's got right a kid thing. now, so... Yeah. Because he, he loves the manifesto. So you made that conscious decision, and I support you making that conscious decision. It was wrong, but you made it. And here, they made a conscious decision to get better offensively. And you can't have everything. You know, I would love to have Derek Favors, but not you just couldn't afford it. I mean, you can't have the, everything. It doesn't work that way. So I get that they're going to take a hit defensively, and I've got zero problem with that because they addressed weaknesses. Well, it's a give and take type of deal and they gave here but they're taking over there 
And I still think that's the net result is going to be a positive, not a negative. And I don't, I'm not an alarmist by any stretch, but I was surprised sitting in the arena. What? And I, and I was telling our boss who was there, basically looking at me, why are you here? I said, because I knew the game wasn't on television and I wanted to come down and see it. And I'm, I'm going to stay for the first half because then it's a preseason game. And I got to go home and go to bed. So that's exactly what I did. And I and I got to say, walking out of the arena at halftime, I was surprised at 78 points. And I knew full well they weren't going to get anywhere near 78 points in the second half. <laughs> Figured Quinn would have something to say at halftime. Yeah. And, then they, you know, they, and, and you lose the uh, motivation, drive, incentive, because it is preseason. These guys. Right. This is the big thing on ESPN about how the league is suffering from sleep deprivation, and 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 I and I get all that because it's true. These guys got so many games; they're not going to remember this, nor should they. And it doesn't matter in the least until next Wednesday, and that then will draw conclusions. And and even with those conclusions, the season is so long that those conclusions basically are in the moment. They're not necessarily long-reaching, long-lasting. I mean, look at baseball. The, the the Nationals started, what, 19 and 31, and now they're on the precipice of one game of going to the World Series. And with their pitching lined up, they very well could win the whole thing. They don't play as many games, but still, the point is, there's so much to be had over the next several months. To the phones. Rick, good morning. Morning, guys. Hey, uh, DJ, PK, are you guys backing down off your top three and top five defensive team? I've never backed down from a thing that I said in my life, Rick. Uh, it was and only if a I week do, ago, I'll I call DJ you and you'll be the three. first one to know. <laughs> DJ <laughs> came in at three and you came in at five. I know. Yeah, I know. I got remember, that. Remember, we got we have one rim protector in the whole 15 on the team. And what's scary is we, we seem to not defend well on the perimeter at all. I know off the dribble, you know, uh, Ingles can get beat off the dribble by anybody in his position. Bogdanovich can get beat off the dribble by anybody. Uh, uh, Donovan doesn't always defend because he's playing offense. He takes breaks. Could be a problem. It could be, but I think you have to allow for some time for adjustments because they're basically, of their perimeter guys, they're making three changes, right? Rubio's gone and now replaced by Conley. Bogdanovich starts on the perimeter. He can go inside, too. And it looks like, to a degree, I don't know if it's going to be long-term, but it looks like, for now anyway, Ingles is coming off the bench. So now you've got another player in there. So really, you've got four players that are in new roles that are basically starting on the perimeter, so expecting them to be clicking right off the bat I think is unreasonable. Yeah, but the face of this team does a complete 180. I mean, people don't have any idea. It wasn't Rudy and and Favors the problem. It was Rubio, the only guard in the league you cannot put with those two. If you could have put Conley with those two, you have the number one defensive team by five points, which is a good thing and a down-the-middle offense. But now you're going to have a top-seven offense with maybe one of the ten worst defenses, I think. Oh, really? Bottom ten? If you can see the brim, if you can see the rim in the NBA at your position, you're going to score, especially with the way the game is now. And Rudy, believe it or not, when he's left on an island, even though – 
when he's left on an island, isn't a great. He kind of gets feet stuck like Boozer did a little bit. Whereas that's where you're going to see the favors being down there with him allowed him to just go anywhere he wanted to block shots. Yeah, but I just don't think it was financially feasible. Well, to it was. Derek you favors. can't bring. I get the whole. I get your point about Rubio, but if you're going to move Rubio and you're going to bring in Mike Conley, who's making thirty million bucks? Yeah, another salary has to go. It just has to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, we're a Golden State type team now, but we don't defend. I mean, we don't have a Draymond Green. We don't have a Clay Thompson. We do have Rudy, but. Our second unit is going to get – I mean, I'm shocked how well teams are shooting. It seems like they're difficult shots, but that's what happens when you can see the hoop. All right, thanks for the call, Rick. You see, this is where I think now, okay, Quinn Snyder's got to roll up the sleeves, proverbially go to work, get these guys going to where they need to be. We're just barely getting started here. In fact, we're not even started. We're not started in terms of having it count, and they've got – Eight days, so they got a ball game tomorrow. Then they got a whole week to practice. And training camp in the NBA is like, okay, guys, we'll have our first practice at four, and then we have a preseason game at six. <laughs> it seems like it just, it's the first day, it's media day, and the next day you're playing. It does happen pretty quickly. <laughs> Certainly compared to baseball spring training or yeah. football. Right. Seems like they got three weeks in football. Before they yeah, hit before a preseason they game. Take, take a preseason game? Yeah, before they have a preseason game. Yeah, and then they only have one per week. Here they've already made uh, multiple trips, you know, and all that yeah. type of stuff, and that's going to take it out of you, and there's no sense beating guys down in October. That's ridiculous. So I, I, I can't say I'm alarmed, but I think that what Rick is saying, there's, there's value to it, but you're going to take it. But see, I think that if you have Justin Zanuck and Quinn Snyder and Dennis Lindsay, and you sit there and you ask them and say, okay, will the defense take a hit potentially? You know, they may not want to say it publicly, but I think they're aware of that, and that's what they're going to work on. They had to decide which way we're going to go. You needed a player of a Bogdanovich's caliber. You absolutely needed it. Because as great, and what Rick's not saying, as great as that defense was, was, they got worked in five games. When they ran up against Houston or Golden State, yeah. it was over. Three years in a row. Yeah. Dennis just alluded to that at the media day at the press conference to start the season. So I can bring back the greatest defense since the 85 Bears, but if I don't, I don't have anything to show for it or not much, what's the point? And also you said that you didn't know that uh, Sacramento was an offensive juggernaut. They're playing teams in the preseason that were in the top third of the league offensively last year. It is preseason, but honestly, Dennis and his staff, they go over stuff. And I think they scheduled these teams on purpose. This is where we're going to be tested. So let's see. Milwaukee was the highest scoring team in the league last year. Sacramento was ninth. They're playing the Blazers here on Wednesday. The Blazers were the sixth highest scoring team in the league. So they're playing some teams. They're going to test this part of the game that they know, all right, we gave up something there, and now we're going to have to do it different. We're going to have to do it better. So they schedule these teams. Oh, the genius scheduling. Jeez. Look, look, look at that. The Jazz go out and test themselves, and the Utes are playing Northern Illinois and Idaho State. We'll get to that next. <laughs> That's the difference right there. DJ and PK. It's That's why I'm a jazz fan, and I can't stomach the thought of rooting for the Utes. Yeah, we're getting a lot of that now. It's <laughs> pretty funny. What? That people think they know what they know, but what are they? 
they are uneducated or misinformed. There are some Ute fans who are misinformed, yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> what are they misinformed on? Uh, now the two potsters just hate the Utes. Who? <laughs> just hate the Utes. Who are they? You and I. Well, there's no question I hate the Utes. <laughs> yeah, I get into it with their coach every Monday. About rock stars and going Smart to concerts. No, 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 no. The narrative is our relationship is very pedestrian these days. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome that you doubled down. There are multiple people, including me, like, I am so working narrative into the next question. But leave it to you to get the mic and hit narrative and pedestrian. Well, you said he didn't like the words narrative and pedestrian. Which automatically, <laughs> someone was going to do it. Except you got the mic and you doubled down and got them both. Smart Alec. Smart Alec. <laughs> do you have that cut for a drop? That was awesome. I've got to grab it. Well... Yeah, it was public, so we went with Smart Alec. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I hate the Utes. You are so misinformed. You're just not educated on the issue. No, you're really not. <laughs> There's one he, week out of the year I don't root for him. He's, <laughs> Kyle leaves the press conference, and he rarely breaks stride. And there's a routine. He has one moment to say something to somebody. Then he has a moment, and there's one person he usually specifically references. And then he walks down the hallway with chatting while, with a third person. And then when he hits the door, he goes in, and he's gone. He doesn't loiter. <laughs> and you're the third person. <laughs> he talks to you every week. All right, well, we'll find out how much we hate the Utes next. And answer the question, seven weeks into the season, Utah is one of four teams to have not played a team with a winning record right now. So what do we really know about the Utes? We will get to that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Join us Friday, October 18th, Murdoch Hyundai in Murray, 4646 South State Street in Murray. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Got a question up for you. Another question on our Facebook page. PK doubling down yesterday. Football early in the day and then basketball when you got home. The Utes. Getting ready for the big game with ASU. Seven weeks into the season, Utah's one of four teams, along with Arkansas, Clemson, North Carolina State, to have not played a team that currently has a winning record. What do we really know about the Utes? Well, I saw that some national person put that out there, and a, a, a Sun Devil media member, and I say Sun Devil media member because he's a hardcore Sun Devil fan. A lot of these newcomers to the arena of media, they come from the fan perspective. Yeah. Which is fine. So be it. If I was breaking my way into media, I might be upset, but I'm not. It didn't matter to me. They're fine. And I know several of them, and they're great guys or women, whatever they might be. And uh, so I got to be thinking about that. What do we really know about the Utes? What do we really know about the Utes versus what does 
What do they really know about the Utes? And what I mean by that... Who's they? The opponents. Okay. So I saw it. It was retweeted by a Sun Devil media member. You follow me? Uh Uh-huh. And so he... I can see where he's thinking... Hey, what do we really know? What do they really know about the Utes? Because they haven't played a team that currently has a winning record. Right. So they might have some skepticism. Where on the other hand, we, Utah media members, we don't have skepticism. What do we really know about? Well, we really know a lot. Because we talk to these people, we go there, and we've been following it. We follow it intricately. So we really know a lot about it. But I don't know necessarily that they really know a lot about it. And then they see, okay, they haven't played a team with a winning record, and we're seven weeks into the season. So they've beaten up on a bunch of bad teams, and the only decent team they played, they got beat. So that could cause some skepticism from their perspective. I can see that line of thinking. Whereas we don't have that skepticism because we follow this team from – the end of the fall season to the start of the spring ball to the start of training camp, right. blah, 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 blah. So we know a lot about it, but they may not. And they may look at it, well, this is the, if they win Saturday, this will be the first time they've beat a team with a winning record at the time that they have that win. You see what I'm saying? Well, not at the time they have the win. Because mo- well, when they beat Washington State, Washington State had a winning record. Right, but it'll be now. Right. The time is now, is what I mean. So it is. It's an interesting topic of discussion, but it's also a number that is uh, built on sand, not on rock, as what, you would like what to say. Number? What the number? fact they don't have a team with a winning record because a win over a team with a winning record. I mean, Washington State can change that. They can win and go to four and three. Yeah, but if they beat the Devils, that'll and, and take well, care right. of itself. So all of a sudden, they'll have two wins over teams with winning records. So it's a number that, while it might tell you something... It's also a little bit of a shaky number. There might be truth to it. Well, it's shaky to us because we know the talent level right. of the team. Right. Oh, I get why an ASU guy would bring it up. I mean, it's worth bringing it up. And it was brought up by a national guy first sure. and retweeted by a local guy. And I think that's interesting on multiple levels. I don't think Clemson is suddenly going to lose a bunch of games. They're one of the teams in no, this No, but group. we know that Clemson plays a crappy schedule, and right. Clemson has proving stuff, has proven stuff that the Utes haven't proven. Right. And so it comes Those down two to things. what do we know about the Utes? Well, we know some things for sure. I mean, if you were going to, uh, if we were going to get a bunch of people who cover the Utes right now. I think we know a lot. Right. The predictions on where they would be, the range of predictions, nobody would pick them worse than 9-3 and three right now. No serious person. I don't do think that. anybody did. Right. And I don't think, and that's the, the, the emphasis is in on now. I don't think they would have done it in June, July, or August. And some people might pick them 12 and 1. And I don't think in June, July, and August people would pick them 12 and 1. I thought they Maybe. had a shot. I guess if you pick them to win the league, I guess you do. Again, the, the third of the media down there at the Media Days did. So there were certainly some people who had, thought they had a shot at 12 and 1. Well, going to the Rose Bowl, who cares what your record is? Right. But how are you going to get there? They're going to win a bunch of ball games. It's the only <laughs> way to get there. That's the only way. To, you're going to have an outstanding season. You're, because we knew their non-conference schedule was weak. So we knew they were going 3-0. and It's not like Stanford. Right. Got Notre Dame, Stanford had to uh, Northwestern to open yeah. it. They had to go to Central Florida, and they got to play Notre Dame. Right. And everybody thought Notre Dame was really good, and everybody thought Central Florida was really good, and everybody thought Northwestern was decent. So, theoretically... Stanford could have gone to the Rose Bowl with 0-3 non-conference record. 
right? I was going to say nine and three or eight and four going into the conference title game. So, yeah, yeah depending on how many they lost in conference. Right. I mean, the, the 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 Utes could have gone with three losses last year. You certainly, so they could have gone with six losses, <laughs> and it wouldn't have been that shocking. But we knew the Utes weren't going to go with that many losses because we knew they were going to go three and zero in the non conference because they always go three and zero in the non conference. So, with that in mind, the minimum they're going to get is nine wins and probably ten or eleven. Brett says, I'm glad Utah could contribute to those losing records. Go Utes. Get her done. I guess I'm so thumbs up. Well, they did contribute. Yeah, that's another weird thing. If you, if the yeah, Utes. Yeah, not, not BYU, Idaho State, and right. Nor- Northern Iowa, they or Northern Illinois. The Utes didn't have to beat them for those teams to have losing records. But if the Utes had lost to Washington State, Washington State would have a winning record now. They'd be 4 and 2. And so they contributed to Washington State. Right. You got me there. That's the one. Yeah. Because BYU would be 3-3, three and three, so they wouldn't have a winning record. Northern yeah. Illinois would be 3-3 three and three too, wouldn't they? Yes. I think they're 2-4 and four right now. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. More of your response to this or the Jazz, whichever one you want to hit. We've got uh, plenty of reaction flowing in. We'll get to that next. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.